0: Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at PinewoodBoulder.com. Enjoy the message. Before I get on with the message today, I wanted to take a pause and I want to honor somebody. Now, this is somebody that's not in the room. I actually wanted to take a minute and I wanted to honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. because we're uh, coming up and we're going to be celebrating him tomorrow. And, um, and this is just a really big deal. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, many of you may or may not know a little bit about his uh, legacy. You probably know a little, uh, but he was actually an American Baptist reverend who stood on uh, on the truth found in faith, you know, you hear a lot of people say, I don't know how I feel about Christianity because I've seen too many negative things done in the name of Christianity. And I want to tell you here today, it's not because they believed uh, the Bible that we believe or had the faith that we did. They just didn't believe it enough to lean into the truths of the principles found in Scripture and to see it as the whole counsel of God's Word. But Dr. Rev Martin Luther King Jr., he did. And he leaned into those principles. And if you, if you listen to his speeches, which I've had the privilege this week, uh, talking with my son a lot, and I went through and I watched a lot of his old messages and sermons and his speeches, and man, it's hard to listen to that and not just be moved to the core of who you are. As I was listening to that, I was thinking, I, I was just imagining him. I was seeing all the people behind Dr. Martin Luther Jr., and I would always think, like, I would be, I would be shoulder to shoulder with that dude. I want to be shoulder to shoulder with that guy. He was not only a reverend, but he was a very outspoken um, pastor as far as the uh, civil rights movement. And uh, he had a mission to end segregation, led a lot of amazing boycotts that uh, changed the world. Everybody was looking at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So much so, uh, here we are, many years later, uh, he would actually be 90 right now, still, if he were still alive. Um... I was talking with my son about this. My son had a lot of questions about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You may or may not know, but uh, my son's got a little bit of chocolate in him. <laughs> he's, he's the perfect milkshake. And, um, and he was uh, asking me questions, and we were talking about him and inquiring how I felt about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, uh, and I, was just, I was just honoring one after the next, talking about his legacy and the legacy that he left. Um, and it was just just amazing to me. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood for what he believed in despite what happened uh, to him personally, physically. Uh, He got abused. Uh, His house was broken into countless times. Death threats, uh, beaten, ridiculed, and ultimately assassinated for what he believed in. He never wavered. He spoke the same message. I was actually reading about how many miles. I mean, he had traveled in one, I think it was one year, 66,000 plus miles. I mean, this guy was relentless with getting the message across that God had given him. And he didn't waver. My son looked at me and this is super emotional to even share. I was emotional whenever uh, he asked this question, but he said, uh, Dad, would I be your son if Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had not existed? And I had a um, you know, kind of caught me off guard, and I had to think about it for a minute. I said, honestly, I don't know. You know, the power that one person can have when they stand for what they believe in, despite what happens, is amazing. And I just want you to think about the, that even today as we honor Him. I want us to reflect on even our own life. Like, you know, the, the, the impact you make today and the legacy that you leave today not only affects the present in a positive way, but generations and generations and countless others that you may not even know. So we're going to honor him today. We're grateful for his life, and we're grateful for the legacy that he left us. So with that being said, let's dive into the Word of God tonight. (laughs) We could talk a lot about that, right? Oh man. So tonight we're continuing on in this brief series that we're working through called Make Room. Every year uh, we want to have kind of a theme for the church. My wife and I, we set a theme for our family. Uh, You know, there's some things even going into the new year personally that I set for my life. And this year for Pinewood Church, it's make room. And the first week we talked about make room. Thank you. We talked about make room for mission, the mission of God that he's called you to, to make room for that in your life. Then last week, my wife brought a wonderful word from God on making room for the presence of God in your life. And this week we're talking about making room for the family of God, making room for the, the church. And you may be saying, wait, I'm so spiritual, I don't make room. The mission is my life. I'm so spiritual, God's presence is my life. I'm going to tell you today, uh, the things that you want to do in your life and you value, you make room for and you prioritize. So I would agree, you may be just that spiritual, but I would also probably say you're, you're not. That you, that you get busy in life and you get busy with your work and hobbies and a lot of things and you don't make room for the things that God has called us to make room for. And so tonight we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. This past week, I cleaned out my shed, uh, which we do on the regular. But, and for some reason, it still blows up. I don't know if anybody has a garage or a shed uh, I think mice do it. I don't know what, or, or people come in the night and they just destroy the place. But our shed, or mini, I don't know, little minions come in. It looks like little minions come It could be, actually be little minions. It's our, it's our children. children. It's, our, it's our little minions. They come in, but our shed was absolutely destroyed on every level. And so much so, and I'm, this is where the judgment comes in, so much so you could not even walk into our shed. There's, there it is. Just give it to me judge me. It's not because we had that much stuff. We really didn't. Uh, we really don't have that much stuff. But it's because the stuff that we did have were not in the proper place. It was completely disorganized. Stuff was laying around everywhere and there was dirt and trash. And the, po- the point I don't want to make of this is, is that I believe that the same is true for the church. That very easily within the local church things can look and appear cluttered and disorganized and people are, are tired and feel like they don't necessarily know what their place is. And I I feel like from scripture which we're gonna look at is because there may be a lot of people in the wrong place and a lot of disorganization. We see in scriptures that God gifts people for a specific, specific purpose, to edify and to build up the body of Christ. And I believe, and we have even a conviction here at Palma Church, those are the lanes we want to get people into. We want to make room by putting the right people in the right places in the giftings that God has given them and the passions that God has given them and personalities which God has designed them in. So we're going to look at Scripture today, and we're going to see how God has uniquely gifted you with a spiritual gift that you can live out to edify and build up the body of Christ. Does that sound okay? Let's make room. Let's look. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 18, it says this. Just as the body is one and m- has many parts, and all of the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. Mm, emphasis there. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not, for that reason, any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not, for that reason, any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts In the body, just as He wanted. Let's pray today before we uh, dive into the text. God, I thank you for this scripture. I thank you for these uh, letters that were written to uh, to correct God, and and, and they're so applicable for us today. Father, as we engage your scripture, uh, Father, our hearts—I pray that our hearts would be open to what you have to say to us today. Uh, That our hearts would be open to change. That our hearts would be uh, open and postured for obedience to what you have to say for us today, Father. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, that your Holy Spirit would be the teacher. Uh, Father, we know where uh, your Spirit is, life change happens. Because you go to the, the bone and the marrow through your word and you, you reveal your truth. So Father, we pray that that happens today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is Corinthians and this is actually a letter written to a church that was planted not that long ago in a city known as Corinth. Paul planted, the Apostle Paul, planted this church on his second missionary journey. And here he is a, a time, short time later, in Ephesus, probably in his third year on his third missionary journey, riding back to the church at Corinth. A little, little bit of knowledge there. Also, many scholars believe that there are actually four letters that were written to the church at Corinth. And we have, it's believed that we have in our Bible, letters two and four. Maybe you didn't know that. Some interesting facts. I love, I love Paul's approach to how he uh, uh, talks to these people in the faith at the church at Corinth. He's very direct, but a very love-filled and grace-filled. Something else you need to know about the, uh, the city of Corinth is actually a seaport city, cosmopolitan city, very well known for its trade center. So you may be saying, well, why are you telling me all this stuff? Why does any of this even matter? Well, because, I'll, you know, it all matters when we look at Scripture. The, the author, the place that it's going to where there's a text, there's a context. And so we're going to be looking into that context. Something else about the city is that there's, uh, it was, if, I don't know, the only city I can compare it to, maybe, would be Las Vegas. It was the ancient sin city, it was known for idolatry and immorality. And then they had a lot of wealth. And so here you have, that's kind of the situation. And then here you have Paul writing back to that church to correct bad theology and bad behavior. And so that's what this letter is. It's a letter back to the church that he planted, correcting some things. And he does it in a very loving, but as we'll see, a very direct way. And in this text, specifically within Corinthians, he is speaking to spiritual gifts. See, the people in Corinth had started basically putting levels on spiritual gifts. So if you were super spiritual, you had the super spiritual gifts. And you... Let everybody know, hey, I'm spiritual. I got the good ones. I'm sorry for you, uh, but look up to me. And it was almost like this spiritual symbol of power. And those that had the lesser gifts were more so looked down on. As like, I'm sorry that you didn't get the better gifts. Doesn't that seem a little odd? Even before we even dive into the text, doesn't it seem like messed up? Like, well, who, who do these people think they are? And so Paul addresses that head-on when he talks about one, 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 one body, one body. And that's what we're going to lean into today. We bro- I broke this, this passage that we looked at up into three parts. If, you have, if you're taking notes, uh, you can write down the, f- the first part that we're going to be looking at in the text is verses 12 and 13 is that we are united as one. As we read that first part, did anything stand out to you? Did it almost feel like Paul was trying to lean into something for a little bit there? One. Just for as the body is one. Our one body so also is Christ. All are baptized by one spirit into one body. And then later on, we were made to drink one spirit to drink. He's, he's pretty specific in what he's trying to get the people to understand. I, I want you to see it. Is He's saying, hey, listen. We're one body, one spirit. Unity. We should be striving for unity and not division. I feel like the people that are receiving this letter, kind of from both ends, have become arrogant and pious. How many of you know today that if you want to shut off the presence of the Spirit? Make a beeline to shun the presence of the Spirit. Insert pride and arrogance. I think that's why Paul attacks this head on. Lesser gifts, greater gifts. It says that there are one Spirit, one baptism. I want to lean into this for just a second to kind of unpack what Paul is saying here with the one Spirit and the one bapt- baptism. So as the body of Christ, we have one spirit and one baptism. What he's talking about right there is not a physical baptism of us physically going under water as this one spirit. But I do believe that he's referencing it as a, as a picture of when we go under in baptism, which for if you're new here today, baptism is what happens after you put repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as an outward expression of what God did on the inside. So you're going underwater, you're buried with Christ in baptism, and you're raised to walk a new life. It's this expression of what God did on the inside. So one baptism, I believe is talking about the baptism of the inside, of the filling of the Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit. When you have put uh, your faith in Jesus Christ and repent of your sins... In that moment, the Holy Spirit, all of the Holy Spirit, all of them goes into your life and fills you. Just like when you go underwater and the water submerges you, when you pray to receive Christ and you make him Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit goes into your body and he fills you as an outpouring. Not only only that, but he continues to fill you and he continues to fill you and he continues to fill you. There's an indwelling and there's a filling for special purpose. We see that all throughout scriptures. And one of the things that he gives you in that feeling are these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, guys, we're not, we're not many. We're one with many parts. One, many parts. gonna we'll break it down. Team, many players. I believe that's what he's saying. He's emphasizing unity in the body of Christ. Where there is no uni- unity, there is no impact. The second thing is we are gifted with diversity. God is, uh, Paul's emphasizing we're going to be united but diverse. I love this. No, I, let's look here at what it says. Bush should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Basically, you have these body parts talking to each other. Well, I'm not as good as that one, so I don't even have a place at the table. Uh, I grew up, many of you may or may not know, but I I grew up some of my life in Chicago. Freezing cold Chicago, and I was there in the Chicago Bulls era of the three Peats. The goat. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's not LeBron James, it's Michael Jordan. I was there, I saw it firsthand. (laughs) Um, But... Something that I find, I was just whenever I was thinking about this diversity within a team, I was thinking. That was, this is just the first thing that came to my mind was uh, on the Chicago Bulls team. You had what would appear to have been, you know, the goat of all time, uh, the greatest of all time, the goat, Michael Jordan. But with Michael Jordan, did did Michael Jordan win the championships, or did Chicago Bulls win the championships? Chicago Bulls won the championships. Individuals win trophies, teams win championships. The Chicago Bulls won the championship. Two, three Pete's, by the way. Who was on the Chicago Bulls team? Scotty. What was his role? Great number two guy. Greatest defensive player of all time. He could stop anybody. Great passer, great assist. Great, I mean, Pippen. The GOAT number two. Rodman. What was his role? Rebound, want to rebound, fights, you know? Uh, Hair color, I mean, he had his game going strong. Steve Curry, three point shooter. Bill Cartwright, completely worthless, but he was there. He was on the team. He showed up every week. Faithful. (laughs) Faithful. My point is you had Tony Kukoc, top of the key, Tony Kukoc. Well, my point is, is that you had these players that each had unique roles. They had positions and everybody knew their unique role. Everybody knew their position and the team operated and functioned at its highest capacity, most efficient, most effective when everybody was acting in their role. Who takes the last second shot? MJ. Everybody knew their role. Everybody knew how they had been skilled and gifted. And I love Phil Jackson has this quote. He said, the strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each individual is the team. And I think this is really, really cool to look at as we look at spiritual gifts in the local church. And, and the reason I think it's really cool to look at it is because here we have you need the church and the church needs you. You need the church and the church needs you to make up the whole. This whole chapter is talking about this, about completeness, about wholeness as the body of Christ. So that we have all of our senses, all of our parts. In this text, Paul's giving a physical body as a picture of the individual functions of the church. If you look at, uh, back just a little bit in the uh, chapter here, in 1 Corinthians 12, if we look back in verses chapter 4 and 5 and 6, it says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but But the same God produces each gift in each person. Different gifts, different ministries, and different activities. There's different functions within the body of Christ. And God uniquely gifts people with spiritual gifts. You may be thinking to yourself, Okay, never heard of spiritual gifts before. It seems a little odd. I understand. Uh, I understand how it might seem a little odd. You're like, are spiritual gifts my personality? Are spiritual gifts my strengths? Like, How do I differentiate spiritual gifts from just who God uniquely designed me to be? And the scriptures actually outlines in many places. This is one of those places. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 outlines in many places what those spiritual gifts are. You see that in Romans chapter 12, Ephesians 4 1 Peter chapter 4. What's outlined here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is not an exhaustive list. If you want, re- go to those references. Or even better, if you want to know the exhaustive spiritual gifts that God does, dispersed out to his body, come to Growth Track tonight. And we're going to look at that in detail. We're even going to do a spiritual giftings test. And we're going to see maybe what your spiritual gifts are. Uh, what your personality and what your passions are and how they align, how you can use them to edify and build up the body of Christ. But this is not an exhaustive list here. But I do want to say this. I don't want to read this slow. I want you to hear this. The purpose of all spiritual gifts, these are gifts given by the Holy Spirit as you receive uh, Jesus as Lord of your life. And he doesn't just always give one gift. Sometimes he gives many, multiple gifts. We see that in scripture as well. I'm not going to go there. That's a different sermon for a different time. But he does give gifts to the body of Christ. And I want you to hear this very clearly. I'm going to say this slow so you hear it. The purpose of all spiritual gifts are to build up Christ's body, the church. Say it again. The purpose of all spiritual gifts are to build up and edify Christ's body, the church. Whenever we talk about the church... We love the church. We love gathering as a church, serving as the church. I love my church. You know what I'm actually saying? I love our people. People are the church. And we make up the body of Christ. At Pinewood, and just kind of going back to what I said earlier, we believe that we're most effective and most efficient in building up and edifying the body of Christ when we (laughs) live out the spiritual gifts that God has given us. That's why we do growth track, step two. I want to know, well, how has God uniquely designed you? How has he appointed you? How has he arranged your, how is, has he arranged your spiritual gifts on your life? And before, before moving on to the last thing, I wanted to say this. The reason why the, uh, diversity is such a gift is because God knew, just like we know today, that we're more effective, more efficient. We do things more joyful. And there's less room for arrogance in our lives. When everyone's not like us. (laughs) Think about this for uh, a minute. Uh, What if everybody in here was exactly alike? Would we be that efficient and that effective to build the kingdom of God and to build His church? If we were all identical in our giftings. Now, I think there's something beautiful to the way that we complement each other. Even in business, we have a lot of business people in here. When you're building your team in business, are you like, I'm going to find five people just like me, same strengths as me, same personality? as me? No, you would be a madman to do that. Nobody in entrepreneurial leadership would say that that's a, a healthy way to build a team. No, you build people that don't have your strengths. You build people that are unique to you, that have different personalities than you and have giftings, and collectively together, you become a force an unshakable and an unstoppable force. And don't you think if that works in business, don't you think if that works in every area, of, in teams, sports teams, if you think that, you know, wow, that's cool. I'm seeing some stuff that correlates really well. Don't you think the God of the universe who created everything was like, yeah, that was all intentional. And that's exactly how I'm building my church. Diverse gifts for each person all under one spirit. One body. Arguably the greatest innovator of the 21st century, Steve Jobs, he said, Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team. And we know this. The final thing that I want to look at today is that we're different on purpose. I love this so much. In verse 18 he says, But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted just as he wanted he's in control of this thing we are different we are not different to compete but to complement that's what ha- that's what felt like it was happening within the church this whole like we're going to compete we're going to compare that is that is destructive and it's destructive it does not bring about unity but we're here to complement and we're here to complete and have a godly perspective on the body of Christ. The Spirit distributes the gift. This is, it, this, these are passages in uh, chapter 12, and I'm just going to read them in, um, in order here, but I think this is beautiful. This is the Spirit's doing. This is the Spirit's work. The Spirit distributes the gift to each person as he wills. Then it says, God has arranged each Each on each each one of the parts in the body, just as he wanted, God has put in the body together, and then finally, God has appointed these in the church. So, just so that we're clear, he distributes the gifts, he arranges the gifts, he gives the people the gifts that he wants, and then finally, he appoints people to live out their gifts within the body of Christ. Who's doing the work of the spiritual gifts? Only God, only the Spirit. So how can somebody stand over here and be like, mine's better, mine's worse? Wrong. God gave you your gift for a purpose. And that purpose is to edify and to build up the local church. What no matter what the gift is, that alone is a spectacular blessing from God. God, give me the smallest gift that I may be used to build your kingdom. I'll take all whatever Whatever you can trust me, Father, I want, I want all the gifts. And I want to live out those gifts. If you look even later on in the passage, it says, those that you think may be lesser, God elevates in honor. Isn't that just like God's kingdom to flip stuff on its head where you're like, this thing that I may be doing seems very, you know, insignificant. And God's like, no, 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 greater honor, greater honor. But I'm, But I'm just showing up and... I maybe move some chairs and put some cards in. Is I greater honor? Greater honor. Those things that we might think are insignificant, God elevates as being critical in the body of Christ. You're like, but I'm just the big toe. <laughs> Praise God you, that, that you're even on the foot. <laughs> I mean, like, like, God elevates and honors all parts because they all matter and they're all critical. God's in control of the gift giving. Do you believe today, and this is something that I'm going to close with, but do you believe today that you are gifted by the Spirit on purpose and for purpose? I think there's two great errors that we can make uh, as, as believers. And one is we could take the spiritual gift that God has given us and we can say, look at my gifts. I perform miracles. Beat that. And we can become prideful and arrogant and completely unusable. Maybe you're here today and that's you, whatever that thing is that you, you're really good at, or maybe that really thing that God has gifted you in, you become prideful and arrogant towards say that's not, that's not how we utilize the gifts that God has given us. That happened, and, and Paul is saying that's not okay. It could also be that you're here and you're saying, you know, my gift is insignificant. Like, I don't even know that I necessarily even belong. Like, where would I even belong? And I want to tell you today that your gift is special, that our gifts are equal. We do not, there are no superior gifts in the kingdom of God. And that God wants to use your gift in a very special way. In our our class that we're going to have after, we're actually going to look at your gifts and say, oh, so you have the gift of hospitality. Awesome. You might make a great person to be on our hospitality team and connect team and help us do amazing hospitable events and experience team to make people feel really comfortable. You have the gift of hospitality. And maybe you have the gift of prophecy. And, you, and God gives you a word. You could be on a, a preaching team. You could preach the word of God. You could teach. You could lead a crew. You could do all these things. We have a place for your gift. Just like in my shed. Now, it was just chaos everywhere because it didn't have a place. I want to tell you today, in 2019, we're making room, and we have a place for your gift. You know, we've been missing the pinky toe. You could just very well fill the pinky toe position. That's good. You're like, but I don't want to be the pinky toe. Let's get a God perspective. Right. Let's get a God perspective on building and edifying His church, and say, "I'll take in, I'll take whatever You give me, God. I don't deserve any of it. I'll take, I'll take whatever You give me, and let's live it out to build up the local church." I always like to close with walking points, and this is, this is my uh, final walking points. So the band, go ahead and come on up. We're going to close with uh, a final worship song. But the walking points are this. What's your gift? What's your gift? You may have never even thought about that before, but I want you today, this is something that you cannot overlook as a believer. You just can't. You need to pray. You need to ask God to reveal to you. You need to To seek counsel on it. And even tonight, I want to encourage you. Come down. Take the test. Spend some time with us as we unpack the spiritual gifts and how they can be used. First, what is your gift? Think about that. What has God's special and uniquely gifted you in? And then the second, what is your role in the church? If you have a gift, whatever that gift may be, what is your role in the local church to edify and to build up the body of Christ? We like to say in our class, your gift should be working. And in its simplest form, whatever that gift is, if, if it is the gift of healing, you should be healing. You should be the first one when somebody comes down with a sickness or when somebody, you see somebody that's broken to walk over and say, hey, I, I got this gift. I'm leaning into my, the, my gift and I'm going to pray for healing over your body or prophecy or encouragement, exhortation, or craftsmanship. If you're like, hey, my top number one spiritual gift is craftsmanship, build something. (laughs) We got stuff we can build. Use your gift. Your gift should be working. And I can tell you right now, we will thrive. You will thrive. The church will become an unstoppable, unshakable force when every single one of us lives out the gifts that God has uniquely given us and designed for us. He's arranged it. He's distributed it. He did it as he wanted. And he has appointed you. You, if you're in here today, you said, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I want to tell you today, you've been marked and appointed with a special gift to build and edify the body of Christ. Let's use it. There's a great place to use it if you want. A lot of amazing things we could do in this city. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at Pinewood Boulder.